Good Sunday morning, and welcome to Forgiven, the weekly radio broadcast of Northeast Baptist Church of Danbury. We're happy that you tuned in today, and we hope you will find the program beneficial to you. Now, here's our pastor, Joe Vassar. God in heaven is the creator of all things. By him do all things consist, and without him was not anything made that was made. The deeper we dig in scientific studies, the more clearly the fingerprints of our Creator are seen. The more closely you investigate this amazing world, the more easily you see that it was designed by a master planner. To explore the intricate structures of life and to conclude that it's random and coincidental is utter foolishness. Any sincere person can observe that our fascinating universe is the product of a brilliant Creator. And the only person who can closely examine nature and come away believing that Obviously, this is the result of billions and billions of years of gradual random improvement. I say the only person who can believe that is the person who approaches their investigation with a predetermined agenda. Every sincere thinking person who investigates the complexities of life comes to the conclusion that, hey, there was a designer. There was a creator. God is the creator of all things. If he's the creator of all things, well, that means... He's your creator. When people tell me, I'm just not into God. Okay, but he made you. It might not be a bad idea to at least acknowledge him. Maybe a little less using his name as your favorite curse word and a little more, thank you, creator, for life, for strength, for clean air and clean water. He created you. There's an indisputable inherent connection between the creator and his creation. You are God's creation. God is your creator. You may call yourself an atheist, but just you saying that you don't believe doesn't change the fact that God created you. You may call yourself an agnostic, but just you saying that you don't know doesn't change the fact that God created you. The fingerprints of your creator are so indisputably obvious in your physical, spiritual, mental, and emotional makeup And though you may ignore him, deny him, resent him, reject him, hate him, or curse him, he's still your creator. He's still the most significant influence in your life. God is the creator of the world, and he's your creator. Not only is God the creator of the world, he's also the sustainer of the world. Colossians 1.17 says, By him all things consist. God is the sustainer of life in this world. God is life. God is the only source of life. There's no life without God. And when you remove God from anything, you remove life. The concept of life includes physical life, mental life, emotional life, spiritual life. Life is an all-encompassing phenomenon. And when you remove God from any entity, you're removing life from that entity. God's the only source of life. And therefore, he's the sustainer of all life. God's life is what keeps all of life living. What keeps your heart beating? God does. What keeps the earth rotating on its axis? God does. 
What keeps the many cycles of life moving throughout nature? God does. When you rave about the wonders of nature, you're raving about the wonder of God. When you marvel at the instincts and abilities in the animal kingdom, you're marveling at God. When you stand in awe of new life all around you every spring, you're standing in awe of God because God is life and he is the sustainer of all life. Every breath you take, every piece of fruit that you enjoy, every new flower that blooms in your garden, every bird that sings outside your window, every breathtaking view that you enjoy in any season of the year, you can thank God, the creator and sustainer of life for those things. Every time a cut on your arm scabs over and heals, every time a bee or a butterfly unwittingly contributes to the process of pollination, every time you awake to see the dew on the early morning grass, every time you witness any one of the countless other examples of our stunningly interdependent world, you're watching God, the sustainer, do his amazing work. Now wait, God's not just the sustainer, he's your sustainer. Call yourself a self-made man if you like, but you don't have the nerve to tell God, uh, God, I won't be needing you to help me breathe anymore. I can breathe just fine on my own. You wouldn't dare do that because something deep in your heart tells you that you do need God. He's the sustainer of your life. Two roles that God plays for everybody, whether they realize it or not, whether they acknowledge it or not, whether they believe it or not, God is the creator of every person, and God is the sustainer of every person's life. Then there's a third major role that God plays in the life of every man, woman, boy, and girl on the planet. And that is that God is the redeemer of all life. You see, right from the start of the human race, God gave man the choice to either love and obey God or to reject and rebel against God and do his own thing. And right at the start, man chose to reject and rebel against God and do his own thing. Now, When the created being rebels against its creator, when it detaches itself from its creator and sustainer, well, that created being suddenly has a big problem because it can't continue to exist on its own. When a living being rebels against the source of its life, that living being begins to die, much like a fish out of water. Why is there so much pain and heartache in the world? Because the creation has rebelled against its creator. Why is the world such an astoundingly beautiful place on one hand, but at the same time it's such a horrible, scary place? Because mankind has detached himself from the very source of his life. All of creation is held hostage by mankind's rebellion against our creator. But God is so gracious and merciful and loving. God chose to respond to our rebellion by buying us back from our sin, by redeeming us. God paid for our sin through the death of his son, Jesus Christ, which presented every one of us with a new choice. Continue in our state of rebellion against him or receive his means of redemption, the death and resurrection of the son of God, Jesus Christ. God is our redeemer. He bought us back. Now listen, Just as all of creation is held hostage by man's rebellion, all of creation is also the beneficiaries of God's work of redemption. Everybody benefits from the fact that Jesus died on the cross for man's sin. Now wait, 
Only those who trust his work of redemption are forgiven and receive everlasting life. But everybody benefits from God's work of redemption to some extent. You see, because if Jesus had not died on the cross to redeem his creation, our holy and just creator would have had no choice but to annihilate all of his rebellious creation because God cannot and will not permit rebellion to continue in his universe indefinitely. Hey, our rebellion disconnected us from our life source. We did this to ourselves. But God became a man and took the consequences of our rebellion upon himself. He redeemed his entire creation. So just as God is the creator of all things and the sustainer of all things, he is also the redeemer of all things. Whether or not you acknowledge him, he's still your creator, your sustainer, your redeemer. You can ignore him, deny him, reject him, resent him, hate him, curse him if you choose. But you have an inherent irreversible, effectual connection to your creator, your sustainer, your redeemer. God is the most significant factor of your entire makeup, your entire being. God in heaven, your creator, your sustainer, your redeemer, he's an awesome God. He wants to show his great love and grace and mercy to you. Stars in heaven could do anything that he pleased. And he who formed the highest mountains is the God of all that was and is to be. Yet he chose to make his son a helpless baby. His love unfolded right before our eyes. All along he knew that Jesus had to die. He's the God of all gods, the King of all kings. He's the great and mighty maker of all things. Yet this God of all gods and Lord of all lords chose to give his son for you and me. What a great God of all is he. Free. 
is our creator, our sustainer, our redeemer. He's your creator, your sustainer, your redeemer. You have an irreversible connection to your creator. And that's true not only for you, but for every person on this planet. Now, with these facts in mind, I want you to consider several important questions with me this morning. First of all, if God is the creator and the sustainer and the redeemer of all things, what makes us think that we can leave him out of our lives without there being a huge void in our lives? He's not just a piece of the puzzle. He's the center of our whole existence. If we don't factor our creator into our lives, how can our lives make any sense? When you look at a painting, you always talk about the painter because the painting is the painter. It's more than just, you know, without the painter, this painting wouldn't be what it is. No, it's more like this. This painting is the mind, the heart, and the skills of the painter on this canvas. When you read a book, you always give some discussion or some thought to the author because you're reading the very mind and heart of the author. And to factor God out of your life, it's not only an insane act of rebellion, but it also introduces into your life a confusion that will have a profound and ever-increasing effect on everything that you think and do. Nothing will make sense until you factor in your Creator. Nothing will work in your life until you factor in your Creator. When you acknowledge God and you give him proper place in your life, you'll be amazed at how everything begins to fit together, how everything begins to make sense, and how everything finally begins to work and sink in your life. We've got some problems in our nation and in our world that are absolutely not going away. They're just going to get worse. We're in trouble, big trouble. If you don't think so, you need to pull your head out of your illusions and wake up and start paying attention. The solution to our problems are not political. We are so foolish to think that if we could just get the right guy elected, everything would be okay. No. Our problem is that we just keep pushing the creator further and further away from us. Can't you see? Can't you see? It's right in front of us. The more we push our creator and our sustainer and our redeemer out, the worse things get. You look anywhere you want to look and you'll see that that's the case. The more we push our creator out, the worse things get. You can start by looking at history. Every society that has pushed the creator out has brought about their own demise. And every society that has had a birth or a rebirth has begun by acknowledging and honoring the creator. That is the clearest pattern of history. Push our creator out of any system and that system fails. Push our creator out of any institution, and that institution fails. Push our creator out of any society, and that society fails. Bring him back, and you begin to head down the road to recovery. This isn't about my religion or my beliefs or my opinions. This is about your creator, your sustainer, your redeemer. That's fine for you, but I just don't see it that way. Yeah? And all those questions that you have about why life is so unfair and why this world is such a screwed up place, you'll never get them straightened out. Those questions drive people to insanity until they decide to factor in their creator, their sustainer, their redeemer. What makes us think that we can expect this world to make any sense to us 
when we refuse to factor the creator into his creation. And then there's this question. How in the world do we think that the creator's opinion doesn't matter? Now, I use that word opinion loosely because, after all, an almighty, all-knowing creator, he doesn't have any opinions. He just has facts. But, man, we've got so many issues that we debate and fight about, and yet nobody's allowed to say, well, what does the creator say about it? Oh, don't ask him. That's none of his business. It's the one opinion that nobody's allowed to have, the one question that nobody's allowed to ask. What does the creator say about this? People can present all of the whacked out, asinine, repulsive, destructive, perverted, unnatural, unhealthy, deadly ideas that they can come up with. But don't anybody ask, what does the creator say? Because he's not allowed in this discussion. How stupid are we? How bent on self-destruction are we? How dug into our own demise are we? Boy, that's a beautiful sunset over the lake, isn't it? But of course... We can't talk about the one who created it because that's not politically correct. I could just sit and stare up at those amazing stars for hours. Unbelievable. But the God who created those stars, let's not be talking about him. He has no place in our lives. Have you ever seen anything like those waves as they break on the shore, wave after wave? Have you ever seen anything like those majestic mountains or those mighty falls or that incredible canyon? Is there any song sweeter than the songs of those birds? Have you ever seen anything more mind-boggling than that cell under the microscope? It's more complicated than a car engine. It's a small city in there. Wow. But we can't talk about the creator that made it all. That's not allowed here. He's forbidden here. His opinion doesn't matter. We don't want to hear what he has to say. And if you start to tell me what he says, I'll get you kicked out of here. But I sure do like all the things that he made. I make a living exploring his creation. I just don't like the creator. His opinion is completely irrelevant. Wow. But you know good and well that's what we're doing. We want everybody's input except the creator's. We'll stick a microphone in front of every disgruntled person we can find, but we won't consult the creator because we don't want to hear from him. We are right now debating issues and problems that are going to completely redefine our society. We're making decisions on questions that will affect the health and well-being of our children and our grandchildren and their grandchildren long after we're gone. How in the world are we so foolish, arrogant, and self-absorbed as to reject the opinion of our Creator? God, have mercy on us. That leads us to one final sobering question. What makes us think that we can deny, ignore, and dismiss our Creator, our Sustainer, our Redeemer without there being any consequences. Now, this is important. The consequences of our actions and decisions are natural. We have no one to blame for them but ourselves. If you intentionally jump off of a 10-story building, you're going to hit the ground, and barring a miracle, your life will be over. And we all know that if you choose to jump, it's nobody's fault but your own when you hit the ground. You can't blame anybody for not catching you. God created this world with simple, natural laws that we're all aware of. And we choose to violate those natural laws, there will be consequences. Not consequences of God's punishment, consequences of our own choices. 
One of those simple laws is that our creator is the only source of life. When we choose to disconnect from our creator, we're choosing to disconnect from life. And when we choose to disconnect from life, it's just a matter of time before we have no more life. This isn't God's spiteful punishment. It's the natural consequence of our own decision. When our creator offers us the remedy of redemption and we choose to reject his remedy, we are persisting in our rejection of life. And the natural consequence of rejecting life is ultimately death. The cycles and systems of life and death are clearly seen all around us throughout creation, and we all understand them and consent that they're true. Like, cut off a branch from a bush, and you've removed it from its source of life. In a matter of time, that cut-off branch will wither and die. You pull an apple off of an apple tree, and it's been cut off from its source of life. And you and I both know it's just a matter of time before that apple will begin to rot. Pick a flower from the plant and you've removed it from its source of life. It's just a matter of time before that flower withers and dies. You say, okay, okay, I get it. Then how come you don't get it that when a man chooses to cut himself off from his creator and sustainer, he's cutting himself off from his source of life? And death and damnation is inevitable. We can bicker about what we think hell is and where we think it is, and I don't think a loving God would send anybody to hell. But you're totally missing the point. When a man rebels against his creator and chooses to cut himself off from the only source of life, he has chosen death and damnation for himself. If the creator gave him life and forgiveness, he'd be doing it against that man's will. The same guy that complains that the creator can't tell him what to do can't turn around and complain that he wants his creator to give him forgiveness and eternal life against his will. The same creator who created the branch and the apple and the flower and made it very obvious that these things must stay connected to their source of life if they want to continue to live, he's the same creator who says to every human being, you've disconnected yourself from me. Don't wither and die. Receive my plan of redemption through the death of my son, Jesus Christ, and let me give you forgiveness and everlasting life. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. The wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. If thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, Thou shalt be saved. Please accept God's remedy for your rebellion against him. Talk to him right now. Tell him something like this. Dear God, I've rebelled against you. I'm sorry. I beg you to forgive me. Thank you for providing a remedy for my rebellion. Thank you for sending Jesus to die in my place. I believe that Jesus died for my sins. Right now, I'm choosing to receive the Lord Jesus Christ as my Savior. Jesus, come into my heart. Forgive my sins. Save my soul. Please give me eternal life. I trust you. Help me to live for you. 
Amen. Those aren't magic words, my friend. That's simply you expressing to your creator the decision that you made in your heart. Take it very seriously. I encourage you to visit our website, nbcdanbury.org. You'll find resources there that will help you to grow in your relationship with God, including the audio of this broadcast today. If you decided to make Jesus Christ your Lord and Savior today, I'd love to hear from you. You can email me at forgiven at nbcdanbury.org. Thank you for spending time with us this morning. God bless you, and have a wonderful week. people of Northeast Baptist Church, thank you for spending a few minutes with us this morning. We appreciate your time, and we hope that you enjoyed the Forgiven broadcast. If you would like to share your thoughts about the program, you can call us at 203-798-7088. Northeast Baptist Church is an independent Baptist church located at 101 East Pembroke Road in Danbury. We invite you to worship with us at 11 o'clock on Sunday morning. Our worship service won't remind you of a funeral. And it won't remind you of a rock concert. It's just a little bit of heaven on earth. We'll see you again next Sunday morning at 7. God bless you. Have a great week. I am the child. I stand here forgiven. My sins have been cast in the depths.